Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we are reading a short chapter, so we, may, we, we should be able to do this whole chapter today. The demigods regain the heavenly planets. So uh, Vamanadev has, um, you know, quote unquote, defeated Bali Maharaj. Bali Maharaj has lost the control of the whole world, <laughs> the, the universe. Um, back to, and uh, Vamanadev, who's an incarnation of Krishna, is going to be, be turning uh, the, the world to the demigods. So, um, and let me just do one thing and I'll be right back, like 10 seconds. All right, I'm back. Okay, so we're on chapter 23 of the eighth canto. Sukadeva Goswami said, when the supreme, ancient, eternal personality of Godhead had thus spoken to Bali Maharaj, who is universally accepted as a pure devotee of the Lord and therefore a great soul, Bali Maharaj, his eyes filled with tears, his hands folded, and his voice faltering in devotional ecstasy, responded as follows. So he's, he, he's an ex, even though he lost everything, he's totally happy. Bali Maharaj said, what a wonderful effect there is in even attempting to offer <clears throat> obese, respectful obeisances to you. I merely endeavored to offer you obeisances, but nonetheless, the attempt was as successful as those of pure devotees. The causeless mercy you have shown to me, a fallen demon, was never achieved even by the demigods or the leaders of the various planets. Purport. When Bamanadev appeared before Bali Maharaj, Bali Maharaj immediately wanted to offer him respectful obeisances. If you remember, that was a few classes ago. But he was unable to do so because of the presence of Sukracharya, who was his, his guru, but not a, not a bhakti guru, more of a rituals guru, <laughs> and other demoniac associates. The Lord is so merciful, however, that although Bali Maharaj did not actually offer obeisances but only endeavored to do so within his mind, the Supreme Personality of God had blessed him with more mercy than even the demigods could ever expect. And here's a beautiful um, verse from the Bhagavad Gita. As confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 2, verse 40, Swapam apyasya dharmasya trayate mahato bhayat. Even a little advancement on this path can protect one from the most dangerous type of fear. And it's said elsewhere that the most dangerous type of fear is to not, in our next life, not get a human body. Because um, only in a human body can you inquire about spirituality. Um, well, human and above, right? But not, you know, um, ants can't inquire about spirituality, carrots can't, etc. <laughs> you get the idea. So then, then the but uh, then he quotes something really beautiful. <laughs> the supreme personality of God is known as Bhava Grahi Janardhan. So Janardhan is a name for Krishna, and Bhava means one's um, one's mood, one's um, emotions, and Grahi means the uh, the influence or that one accepts that. So. He takes only the essence of a devotee's attitude. If a devotee sincerely surrenders 
The Lord as a super soul in everyone's heart immediately understands this. Thus, even though externally a devotee may not render full service, if he is internally sincere and serious, the Lord welcomes his service nonetheless. Thus, the Lord is known as, and he repeats it again, Baba Grahi Janardhan, because he takes the essence of one's devotional mentality. So we, we don't want to take advantage of that and say, yeah, yeah, I love Krishna. I don't do anything to show it, but I love him. So that's, that's on one side, but, but that's not the point that's being made here, that, that even if we falter, even if, as you know, we hear sometimes that we're like dented cans uh, and we're not perfect, Krishna accepts um, our attempts and he accepts at the essence of that, you know, Krishna, I'm so fallen, but I really want to become your devotee. And when we say things like that, Krishna is very pleased. He, he, Baba Grahijanarni accepts that, he accepts that mood. So in this case, Bali Maharaj wanted to offer his obeisances fall flat on the ground, but because Sukracharya forbade him, he, he could only do it in his mind. And there's so many nice, you know, stories about the, the, the mind in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, and Prabhupada translated as a nectar of devotion. He tells a story about uh, a Brahmin who was very, very poor, but in his mind, he offered all this elaborate worship of the Lord. And so he would do all, in his mind, he would do all the different services. He would cook for the Lord. He would offer the food to the Lord. So one day he was cooking in his mind this um, sweet rice or kheer where you, where you, you boil down milk, you add sugar and sometimes rice sometimes and cardamom and things. It's very nice. And he would, but before he offered it, he wanted to see if it was too hot because you generally don't want to offer it hot to Krishna. So he put his finger in the, in the pot uh, and he burnt, he literally physically burnt his finger, even though this was only, only a mental um, endeavor. You know, it's called manasa puja. Puja means worship and manasa means with the mind. And Krishna is in Vaikuntha, the spiritual world, with his consort Lakshmi, and he starts laughing. And his, and his Lakshmi says, why are you laughing? And then Krishna tells him what happened. <laughs> but the point being that um, if we can't do things in the physical world for Krishna, we can do it in the mental, in the in the subtle world, and it has the same spiritual effects, which is pretty amazing. Uh, questions, comments, thoughts on that? So that means like, uh, you know, they, often they tell people if you want to, you know, one way to deal with stress is to have a picture on your um, desk of your favorite place and try to mentally go there, right? So we can keep on our desk maybe a picture of Govardhan Hill or, you know, uh, or the, the deities in a certain temple that we visit. <laughs> and and men mentally go there. Um, and that's the speed of the mind. <coughs> like Henry, he might think of Hawaii and immediately he's there in his mind. Or uh, Shushil Prabhu may think of, uh, I, I think he's from Bengal, maybe I'm wrong. Are you from Bengal, Prabhu? Yes, okay. So his, he thinks of Bengal, he thinks of uh, wherever he's from in Bengal, Kolkata or wherever, and that's how fast the mind travels. Uh, but it said, even if you travel at the yes. speed of the mind, 
it'll take a long time to get to the spiritual world because you can only get there by devotion. Yes, Guruji, mind, mind cannot control. It goes to in different way. Even you it are goes changing. to in different ways. Yes, but if you think of a place, you're there. You think of your hometown, you're there. Right. So, you know, James Taylor knew this. He sang that song, In My Mind, I'm Going to Carolina. But uh, for us, it should be, In My Mind, I'm Going to Vrindavana. <laughs> or something like that. Um, is reflect to the karma yoga. That means what you are doing in our uh, karma and it's a reflect to that, Prabhuji, or thinking. Mm-hmm. Good yes. thinking yes. is given yes. to the... But, but this shows you that as much as we say, oh, my mind is giving me so much trouble, I can't control my mind. On the other side, the mind can be so big and powerful, you could be a pure devotee in, just in your mind and Krishna will accept that. And you can go to a holy place in your mind. Like Dana, you've been to New Vrindavan. So right now in your mind, you can be a New Vrindavan. Physically, you're not there, but mentally you are. And, and what was really interesting, you know, when we do go to a holy place, let's say we fly to, um, to we go to Vrindavan and we fly to Delhi and then we take a, a car to Vrindavan. So our body gets there pretty quickly, right? Within about 24 hours, if you think about, you know, everything. But our mind may be somewhere still over the Atlantic Ocean. The mind, you know, is still back in, 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 in America. And it takes some time to kind of detox and, and get used to the spiritual atmosphere of Vrindavan. But in the old days, uh, like Lord Chaitanya, he would walk to Vrindavan. And so in that case, um, your mind gets there before your body. Because you have all this con- time for uh, contemplation and for thinking of your destination and for hankering for that destination uh, even though your body takes a lot longer to get there <laughs> any questions comments thoughts on this this whole point about Baba Griki Janardin and doing things in your mind etc okay well in that case we can move on text number three Sukadeva Goswami continued. After speaking in this way, Bali Maharaj offered his obeisances first to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari or Krishna, and then to Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva. Thus he was released from the bondage of the Naga Pasha, the ropes of Aruna, and in full satisfaction he entered the planet known as Sutala. Having, thus having delivered the proprietorship of the heavenly planets to Indra, so back to the demigods, and having fulfilled the desire of uh, desires of Aditi, mother of the demigods, the supreme personality of God had ruled the affairs of the universe. When Prahlad Maharaj heard how Bali Maharaj, his grandson and descendant, had been released from bondage and had achieved the benediction of the Lord, he spoke as follows in a tone of great, greatly ecstatic devotion. So Prahlad Maharaj said, O supreme personality of God, you are universally worshipped. Even Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva worship your lotus feet. Yet although you are such a great personality, you have kindly promised to protect us, the demons. I think that such kindness, of course, he's not really a demon, he's a great devotee, but born in a demon family. I think that such kindness has never been achieved even by Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, or the goddess of fortune, Lakshmi. What to speak of other demigods or common people? Text 7. O supreme shelter of everyone, great personalities like Brahma enjoy their perfection simply by tasting the honey 
of rendering service at your lotus feet. But as for us, we are all rogues and debauchees, born of an envious family of demons. So this is his humility. How have we received your mercy? It has been possible only because your mercy is causeless. So we, we hear that a lot, right? This term causeless mercy. So <clears throat> any thoughts on what that means? Causeless mercy? I believe that is a, there is no um, issue for the Lord Krishna doing to the mercy because his fullness always to favor to the, uh, we are the devotee. Okay. So it's not hard for the Lord to give that. Yes. Another point is that it's not based on our karma because karma has a cause and an effect. But this is transcendental to that. Um, it's, it's generally um, Krishna's kindness and through associating with devotees, right? So like Henry, when he became interested in Krishna consciousness, it was because a friend of his told him. And Dana, I think you saw Raghu on one of the podcasts. And Saradia, I'm not sure how you became interested in Krishna consciousness, but it's usually through a devotee or Jyoti or Shushil or Adam. Well, I think Adam tells a story about having met the devotee who gave him a book or something. That was that was at, at one point, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's interesting though, actually, because the first the first time I heard about bhakti was not by a devotee, but in a very dry uh, philosophy class. <laughs> <laughs> interesting, but that's but it, you didn't take any you didn't take it up though because of that. Well, I went I went and investigated immediately because it perked it pricked my ears in a way where I was like, what is what is that he's talking about? You know. Oh, okay, cool. But it, yeah, it wasn't until I had association with the devotee that that I really like, you know, got into yeah. it. So, yeah. Yeah, that that's yeah. So that's the main point about clauses. It's 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 uh, it, 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 it engenders engenders um, a in, endearment towards Krishna that you know Krishna's been so kind, and it's not because of our karma. It's not because we were a really good person. Or because we're a really bad person, because those are both material. But we got we we fortunately came in touch with a devotee. Any other thoughts? Okay, then let's carry on. This is text seven. Did I read seven? I read seven. Yes, your mercy is causeless. Text eight. Oh my lord, your pastimes are all wonderfully performed by your inconceivable spiritual energy. And by her perverted reflection, the material energy, you have created all the universes. As a super soul of all living entities, you are aware of everything, and therefore you are certainly equal toward everyone. Nonetheless, you favor your devotees. This is not partiality, however, for your characteristic is just like that of a desire tree, which yields everything according to one's desires. What a beautiful example. A desire tree in the spiritual world is, has desire trees that whatever you desire, you get, but so that idea is that Krishna is not showing his his favor to one person and less favor. It's according to what a person desires and also what they deserve according to their karma. If we're talking about material things, so in the purport, the Lord says in Bhagavad Gita, "Samoham sarvabhuteshu nami dveshyosti napriyaha ye bhajanti tumam bhaktya 
I envy no one, nor am I partial to anyone. I am equal to all. So that's the first two lines. But whoever renders service unto me in devotion is a friend, is in me, and I am also a friend to him. That's the end of that quote. The Supreme Personality of God, it is certainly equal to all living entities, but a devotee who fully surrenders at the lotus feet of the Lord is different from a non-devotee. In other words, everyone can take shelter at the lotus feet of the Lord to enjoy equal benedictions from the Lord, but non-devotees do not do so. So they have the opportunity, the equal opportunity, but they don't take it. And therefore they suffer <clears throat> the consequences created by the material energy. We can understand this fact by a simple example. The king or government is equal to all citizens. Therefore, if a citizen capable of receiving special favors from the government is offered such favors, this does not mean that the government is partial. One who knows how to receive favors from the authority can receive them, but one who does not neglects those, these favors and does not receive them. There are two classes of men, the demons and the demigods. The demigods are fully aware of the Supreme Lord's position, and therefore they are obedient to him. But even if demons know about the supremacy of the Lord, they purposely defy his authority. Therefore, the Lord makes distinctions according to the mentality of the living being. But otherwise, he is equal to everyone. Is that, so is that clear? He make, Krishna makes distinctions based on our mentality. Otherwise, but that, and that is a, um, a way of being equal, Right? It, 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 he reciprocates with the individual's desires. Therefore, the Lord makes it like a desire tree. The Lord fulfills the desires of one who takes shelter of him. But one who does not take such shelter is distinct from the surrendered soul. One who takes shelter at the lotus feet, the Lord is favored by the Lord, regardless of whether such a person is a dem demon or a, a demigod. So this is Krishna. He's equal to everyone. He's in everyone's heart as a super soul. And for most people, he's, he's, he's there waiting for them to turn to him. When they, they don't turn to him, so then he, he, he's the overseer and permitter. He, he's, you know, they get their karma. They get what they desire, but they're like on their own, so to speak. And Krishna doesn't interfere with their independence. But for a devotee, he takes a special interest because that's what the devotee wishes wishes to be in that relationship with Krishna, and therefore Krishna reciprocates with that. So any questions, thoughts, comments on that point? Okay. Well then, we will continue uh, going up to 15. Now, Krishna replies, my dear son, Prahlad, all good fortune unto you. For the time being, please go to the place known as Sutala and there enjoy happiness with your grandson and your other relatives and friends. The Supreme Personality of God assured Pallad Maharaj, you shall be able to see me there in my usual feature with conch shell, disc, club, and lotus in my hand, the forearm form of the Lord. Because of your transcendental bliss, due to always personally seeing me, you will have no further bondage to fruit of activities. You'll be totally free. 11 and 12, Sukadeva Goswami said, accompanied by Bali Maharaj, my, uh, my dear Prikshit, Pallad Maharaj, my dear King Prikshit, Wait, wait. Accompanied by Bali Maharaj, my dear King Pariksit, Prahlad Maharaj, the master of all the chiefs of the demons, took the Lord's order on his head with folded hands. After saying yes to the Lord, 
circumambulating him and offering him respectful obeisances, he entered the lower planetary system known as Sutella. Hari, another name for Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Narayan, another name for Krishna, thereafter addressed Sukracharya. So this was the, the guru who didn't let him pay obeisances to the Lord, who was sitting nearby in the midst of the assembly and of the assembly with the priests, Brahma, uh, Brahma, Ota, Udgata, and Adyaryu. These are different kind of priests. O Maharaj Pariksit, these priests were all Brahmavadis, followers of the Vedic principles for performing sacrifices. So Brahmavadis means not devotees, not but um, impersonals. Text 14. O best of the Brahmanas, Sukracharya, uh, best of the Brahmanas, Sukracharya, please describe the fault or discrepancy in your disciple, Bali Maharaj, who engaged in performing sacrifices. This fault will be nullified when judged in the presence of qualified Brahmins. 15. Sukracharya said, My dear Lord, my Lord, you are the enjoyer and lawgiver of all performance of sacrifice, and you are the Yankya Purusha, the person to whom all sacrifices are offered. If one has fully satisfied you, where is the chance of discrepancy or fault in this performance of sacrifice? So this point, this word sacrifice, otherwise known as yagna, Y-A-J-N-A, it's it's a it's a very it can be a very detailed ritualistic performance with fire and ghee and putting grains into the fire and, and having the, uh, the arena very beautifully decorated with fruits and flowers, sometimes vegetables. Um, and that's what's kind of being suggested here. But it's also said that if you are, if you, if you one is engaged in bhakti, fully satisfying Krishna, then well, what are the discrepancies? It's all because we heard before, Baba Grahi Janardhan, Krishna accepts the essence of our, not, not the precision of our ritual, but the essence of our heart when we're doing the ritual. So the purport. In Bhagavad Gita 529, the Lord says, Bhoktaram Maheshram. The Lord, the Supreme Proprietor, is the actual person to be satisfied by performance of yagnas. So that so the Bhakti is the key. The Vishnu Purana says, Varnashrama Charavata Purushena Parapumam Vishnur Aradyate Panta Nanyata Toshikar. All the Vedic, oh, should I be sharing my screen? Maybe you don't all see this. All the Vedic ritualistic sacrifices are performed for the purpose of satisfying Lord Vishnu, the Yagya Purush. The divisions of society, Brahmana, Chatriya, Vaishya, Sudra, Brahmacharya, Vihasta, Vanaprasta, and Sanyas, are all meant to satisfy the Supreme Lord Vishnu. To act according to this principle of Varnashrama institution is called Varnashrama Charanam. And now another verse from the second canto, second chapter of the first canto. Best among the twice born, it is therefore concluded that the highest perfection one can achieve by discharging his prescribed duties according to caste, division, and orders of life is to please the personality of God. Everyone is meant to satisfy the Supreme Personality of God. Therefore, since Bali Maharaj had satisfied the Lord, he had no faults 
And Sukhachari admitted that cursing him was not good. So the essence of this is, you know, Varnashram is, you know, you divide your life into student life, married life, um, um, renounced life, and, uh, well, renounced, what would, retired life, and then renounced life. Um, and then the Brahman Chatriya Vaishya Sudra is the other part of Varna, that's the Varnas that one acts according to their nature. Um, but even if you do that perfectly, if you don't have any bhakti in your heart, that's what this point is making, then what's the use? But if you have bhakti and then you use some of this in Krishna service, this was discussed actually in the uh, recent um, Wisdom of the Sages talked about this also. Um, the constitutional and conditional. So we have this body, we have our different occupations, we have our different stage of life that we're in. We try to connect that with the ultimate goal with Krishna. So that's what's being said here. They, they're trying to make it clear that Varnashrama is nice and, and doing the rituals is nice, but, it, but if you're missing the essence, then you're missing everything. And the essence is bhakti. Some thoughts on this? Yeah, in uh, 1025 Bhagavad Gita, Yes. And also of sacrifices, I'm chanting of the holy name. Yes, that's the real so, Yes, for this age. Yes. For this age, yeah. Yeah, very good point. For, yeah, for this age, you know, we do we do our little rituals when we have a wedding or when we have initiation, but it's, you know, it's small. Even when we were doing the um, groundbreaking ceremony for the new temple, I think we had like 40 different fire sacrifices set up, something like that. Uh, but still, a very small time compared to what used to happen in bygone days with these huge sacrifices. Other points, other questions, comments? Okay, then let's carry on. Text 16, I think we're also going to read this report. There may be discrepancies in pronounce, pronouncing the mantras and observing the regulated principles. And moreover, there may be discrepancies in regard to time, place, person, and paraphernalia. But when your Lordship's holy name is chanted, everything becomes faultless. So again, the point about how bhakti, you know, not that we purposely, if we're doing some rituals, try to mess them up, but it's almost natural that we'll get something wrong. Um, but if Krishna's name is chanted, then everything becomes faultless. Purport. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as recommended. I'll share my screen again. Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Eva Kevalam, Kalo Nasteva, Nasteva, Nasteva Gatir Anyata. In this age of quarrel and hypocrisy, the only means of deliverance is chanting the holy name of the Lord. There is no other way. There is no other way. There is no other way. That's from the Grihan Narudiya Purana. In this age of Kali, it is extremely difficult to perform Vedic ritualistic ceremonies or sacrifices perfectly. Hardly anyone can chant the Vedic mantras with perfect pronunciation or accumulate the paraphernalia for Vedic performances. Therefore, the sacrifice recommended for this age is Sankirtan, constant chanting of the holy name of the Lord. Instead of wasting time performing Vedic sacrifices, those who are intelligent, those who possess good brain substance, should take to the chanting of the Lord's holy name and thus perform sacrifice perfectly. I have seen that many religious leaders are addicted to performing yagnas, sacrifices, and spending hundreds and thousands of rupees 
for imperfect sacrificial performances. This is a lesson for those who unnecessarily execute such imperfect sacrifices. We should take the advice of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sajagyai Sankirtana Prayer, Yajantihi Sumedasa. Although Sukracharya was, he was like the father of impersonal school of philosophy. Although Sukracharya was a strict Brahmana addicted to ritualistic activities, he also admitted, Nishchidram Anusankirtanam Tava. My Lord, constant chanting of the holy name of your Lordship makes everything perfect. In Kali Yuga, the Vedic ritualistic ceremonies cannot be performed as perfectly as before. Therefore, Srila Jiva Goswami has recommended that although one should take care to follow all the principles in every kind of spiritual activity, especially in the worship of the deity, there is still a chance of discrepancies and one should compensate for this by chanting the holy name of the Supreme Personality of God. In our Krishna conscious movement, we therefore give special stress to the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra in all activities. So this is, this is the great gift of Lord Chaitanya that it's very difficult to be spiritually perfect in this world, but if we can just chant, we can attain all perfection. So um, some people who are really addicted to the doing the Vedic sacrifices, they think that this is like, are you kidding? You just, just you know, chant and dance. You know, it sounds very sentimental. Um, they, have, they struggle with that. And, and probably you say, yes, they, they think somehow it should be more complicated, that attaining God consciousness should be complicated. And you say, no, Lord Chaitanya made it very simple. And, and we see it in... Um, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, that some of the Mayavadi philosophers, Mayavadi sannyasis, they went up to Lord Chaitanya and said, why are you just dancing and chanting like a sentimentalist? You should just do some dry study of Vedanta. And Lord Chaitanya said, no, my, my Brumaras considered me a fool. And he just said, you just chant the Mahamantra and all perfection will come. Mm -hmm. So it's so simple that almost things we should think, well, because so many things in this world are so complicated. If anyone has ever tried to do their own taxes, they know that for a fact. Uh, so complicated. And this is so simple. Just chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So this is a lesson that we've heard for the last few verses at this point. Um, thoughts, questions, comments? Okay. Then let us continue. Text 17. Lord Vishnu, I must nonetheless act in obedience to your order because obeying your order is most auspicious and is the first duty of everyone. Sukadeva Goswami continued, in this way, the most powerful Sukra Charja accepted the order of the Supreme Personality of God with full respect. Along with the best Brahmanas, he began to compensate for the discrepancies in the sacrifices performed by Bali Maharaj. O King Brikshit, thus having taken all the land of Bali Maharaj by begging the Supreme Personality of God, Lord Vamanadev delivered it to his brother Indra, uh, to his brother Indra, all the land taken away by Indra's enemies. So it's going back to the demigods. Lord Brahma, the master of King Daksha and other Prajapadis, accompanied by all the demigods, the great saintly persons, the inhabitants of Pitriloka, the Manus, the Munis, and such leaders as uh, Daksha, Brigu, and Angira, as well as Kartikeya and Lord Shiva, accepted Lord Vamana Dave as the protector of everyone. 
He did this for the pleasure of Kasyapa Muni and his wife Aditi, and for the welfare of all the inhabitants of the universe, including their various leaders. O King Pariksit, Indra was considered the king of all the universe, but the demigods headed by Lord Brahma wanted Upendra, that's another name for Lord Vamadeva, Lord Vamadeva to be the protector of the Vedas, the principles of religion, fame, opulence, auspiciousness, vows, elevation to the higher planetary system and liberation. Thus they expect, accepted Upendra, Lord Vamadeva, as the supreme master of everything. This decision made all living entities extremely happy. Thereafter, along with all the leaders of the heavenly planets, Indra, the king of heaven, placed Lord Vamanadev before him, and with the approval of Lord Brahma, brought him to the heavenly planet in a celestial airplane. Indra, the king of heaven, being protected by the arms of Vamanadev, the supreme personality of Godhead, thus regained his rule over the three worlds and was reinstated in his own position, supremely opulent, fearless, and fully satisfied. Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, Lord Kartikeya, the great sage Brigu, other saintly persons, the inhabitants of Pitriloka, and all the living entities present, including the inhabitants of Siddhaloka and other living entities who traveled in outer space by airplane, all glorify the uncommon activities of Lord Bahamadadev, Paribol. O King, while chanting about the glory and glorifying the Lord, they returned to their respective heavenly planets. They all went back home. You know, the party was over. They went back home. They all praise the position of Aditi, who, who originally prayed for this, her sons to regain the heavenly planets. O Maharaj Pariksit, pleasure of your dynasty. I have now described to you everything about the wonderful activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Mahamanadev. Those who hear about this are certainly freed from all the results of sinful activities. Isn't that good to hear? We've been hearing about this. One who is subject to death cannot measure the glories of the Supreme Personality of God at Trivikram, which is another name for it. Trivikram means, means three steps, literally. Lord Vishnu, any more than he can count the number of atoms on the entire uh, planet Earth. No one, whether born already or destined to take birth, is able to do this. This has been sung uh, by the great sage, Vashishta. Report. Vashishta Muni had given a mantra to Lord Vishnu. Vidur Jayamano Najato Mahimna Param Anantam Appa. No one can estimate the extent of the uncommonly glorious activities of Lord Vishnu. Unfortunately, there are so-called scientists who are subject to death at every moment, but are trying to understand this by speculation the wonderful creation of the cosmos. This is a foolish attempt. Long, long ago, Vashishta Muni said that no one in the past could measure the glories of the Lord and that no one can do so in the future. One must simply be satisfied with seeing the glorious activities of the Supreme Lord's creation. The Lord therefore says in Bhagavad Gita, Vishtam yaham idam krishnam ekam senas jagat. With a single fragment of myself, I pervade and support this entire universe. The material world consists of innumerable universes. Isn't that amazing? The material world consists of innumerable universes. We're just in this one universe in this 27 sextillion planets, each one full of innumerable planets, which are all considered to be the products of the Supreme Personality of God, its material energy. Yet this is only one fourth of the God's creation. The other three fourths of creation constitute the spiritual world, 
among the innumerable planets in only one universe. The so-called scientists cannot understand even the moon and Mars, but they try to defy the creation of the Supreme Lord and his uncommon energy. Such men have been described as crazy. Such crazy men unnecessarily waste time, energy, and money in attempting to defy the glorious activities of Arukuma, the Supreme Personality of Kosher. So we talked about this before, just how great the world is, that there's maybe 200 billion galaxies, and in our galaxy, maybe there's 100 billion planets. This is just, you know, mind-boggling how great Krishna is. And yet he comes and he gets chastised by his mother. <laughs> so we don't want to forget just how vast, when we say Krishna, how huge that is. And if one hears in text 30, if one hears about the uncommon activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in various incarnations, he is certainly elevated to the higher planetary system or even brought back home, back to Godhead. Wherever the activities of Amanadeva are described in the course of a ritualistic ceremony, whether the ceremony be performed to please the demigods or please one's forefathers in Pitriloka, or to celebrate a social event like marriage, the ceremony should be understood to be extremely auspicious. <laughs> there are three kinds of ceremonies, specifically ceremonies to please the Supreme Personality of Godhead or the demigods, those performed for social celebrations like marriages and birthdays, and those meant to please forefathers like the Shraddha ceremony, forefathers who have passed away. In all these ceremonies, large amounts of money are spent for various activities, but here it is suggested that if along with these, there is recitation of the wonderful activities of Bhamanadev, certainly the ceremony will be carried out successfully and will be free of all discrepancies. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the eighth canto, 23rd chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam entitled, The Demigods Regain Heavenly. So I told you this would be a shorter class today because that chapter is relatively short. Um, comments, questions, thoughts on anything that we studied today? Sorry, I hope you don't mind someone breaking the monotony. No. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Um, my obeisances. Um, you rightly, in the course of your explanation, brought our attention to the Shruti fellas at the end of the chapter. Yes. Um, so. And so, Shruti follows the. Um, the benediction that you get by reading this, the, the fruit, shpal means fruit and shruti means hearing. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, in the course of reading Bhagavatam, we run into many such shruti fellas. And I'm wondering, I, I have a basic understanding of this, but I'm wondering if you might, for the sake of your audience, explain uh, in more detail how this, uh, a system of Shruti Fala works because we've all, like, for example, just heard the wonderful activities of Vamana Dev, but may not realize the substantial uh, blessings and benedictions that accompany such hearing. Um, um, if you would like to, perhaps you can shed some light on the parampara understanding of this? Well, my understanding, I remember I asked Banu, Banu Swami about this some time ago, 
um, I'm trying to remember what, but he, he said something to the effect that it, 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 it may be true for some and not for everyone all the time, um, but it's that, but we should take them seriously because they inspire, are meant to inspire us to keep reciting the, the, the you know, and getting the benefit of hearing the pastimes of the Lord. So they're encouragements and they're true. Um, but there is some adhikar, some eligibility on our side in reading them with devotion, with, with fixed determination instead of just kind of reading through them. So it's, it's not like... Uh, yeah, and, that's, and, and what you're saying is, is very um, logical and that's exactly what I was, what I was getting at. Um, we hearers of Bhagavatam, we want, we're uh, attempting to be faithful persons and we're uh, attempting to become attracted to, um, to the hearing of the Bhagavatam itself and accepting its wonderful and amazing words. And so um, we're interested naturally in um, how does this um, how does this wonderful benediction apply to my life when, of course, if I hear the Bhagavatam and I hear this Shruti Pala, wow, well, where, you know, how does, how does that apply to all the uh, advancement that I still see in front of me or all the anarchists I still have accumulated? Um, how did, yeah. Yeah, well, that, that, that's the showing that whatever shortcomings we have, however dented our can is, uh, Krishna is the one person who can iron it out and can um, help us. So that, that's, that's the essential thing. So there, or, or hearing about Krishna, you know, the, the benefits you get from hearing, for example, about um, Lord's pastimes in the form of Amanadev. For example, mm. so um, with faith, which uh, <laughs> you're 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 basically um, giving us uh, a nice explanation that with large dollops of faith, <laughs> yeah, okay. like that. Yes. Other questions, comments? Well, I, I think hearing the you know katha, Lord's katha. The pastimes of the Lord, it uh, like it, just during that moment, we are not focusing on other things. Yes, that's so, right. you know, at that particular time, minimally, we are absorbed, and then if we walk away and we still keep that in, even in the back of our mind, some purification is happening. Yes, that's a nice way to put it, Prabhu. Yes, very it, nice. is. it is. Yeah, that's very nice. Because you know, tendency is like even say material activities, we are doing something, we listen, we go do it, and then we forget about it. <laughs> right. Good point. <laughs> Very good point. So but we have, um, other thing, other points. I, I was just going to react to that. There, it, but it's not that. It's not that. If we do as as the uh, uh, Prabhu just suggested and um, be immediately forgetful of our 
great, great fortune of hearing the Bhagavatam. We go on and get involved in some material activity. It's not as though those benefits are, um, you know, it's like uh, chanting the holy name. We, we don't lose that benefit entirely, but we, we may not, um, we, we may not, you know, we won't get the full result. Yeah, you know, I mean, I can't remember an example, but I have uh, many times I feel that some of the pastimes we hear, they can become applicable or they, they make us a better person in our material life also. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, you know, that's like a, a side effect or a, not the ultimate benefit, but, you know, uh, even while we're conducting our life, yeah, it makes us a better person. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about that sometimes in the past, yeah. that uh, we're more subtle, so we get more done, we, we're more clear-headed, we're yeah. making better decisions. Yes, it's a side effect. It's not the purpose of bhakti, but it's a side benefit. Very nice. So we only have one chapter left of this canto, and uh, we will. Uh, it's 60 verses, so I don't know if we'll finish it all next week. Actually, I'm pretty sure we won't, although there's a lot without purports. Um, I'll send out the reading, and we did a chapter today, and we're ending early. So thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna.